0: Cynthia Hyatt. I hear the
1: well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Heart. So excited that you are joining me today, and you will be really encouraged by this show today. We have Karen Kingsbury with us, and if you don't, I, I'm sure you know exactly who she is. But she is a number one New York Times best-selling novelist, and she really is an amazing storyteller. And she has 25 million copies of her award-winning books in print. She's been on our show before, so we're so glad that she is here today with her new book that's called In This Moment. And it's an inspiring, relevant story about just the nuances of religious freedom and the cost of the fight and how a group of determined people are restoring the meaning of faith in today's culture. And I want you to really pray with me that this becomes a movie, because this is quite an amazing story. It's a a lawyer that specializes in religious freedom cases, takes on a fight of his life when a public high school principal, Wendell Quinn, is sued for starting an after-school Bible study. And so it really is a phenomenal, really inspiring story. So Karen, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great to be back. It is really fun to have you. And this is a little bit different kind of a book than you've written before, isn't it?
2: You know, this is really a little bit different, um, which I love. I love that it's got more issues um, that kind of are what we're facing today in our culture, just the idea that truly some people think we're not even allowed to mention the name God in public, and and that's not the case, but if we walk away from our freedoms, uh, we may end up being there.
1: I, I think that's part of what is pretty frightening these days, is this uh, this real oppression that c- uh, seems to be happening, that it's becoming illegal to be Christian. Right.
2: I mean, that's really what we're seeing. And I have a friend who um, works with Fox News, and he does a column, Todd Starnes, and just about every day he has another story like this. My, my story of my new book in this moment, the idea of, you know, a principal who's trying to help his students with a voluntary after school bible study being sued and, and possibly losing his job. I mean, you know, in in the in the book it's even he's wondering will he have to go to jail for trying to help his students this way. That's more and more common.
1: It really is I mean the the idea behind the story is so powerful and profound and timely because it really I think it really helps those of us that may have fear sometimes and saying, oh, do I really want to take that on? Do I want to put myself out there like that? What's going to become of me? And so it's really inspiring to encourage people to really stand up for their faith, that, it, it, that, that the fight is, is really relevant and important, and that our trust has to be in God and not in man. That's
2: right. And that's one of the things I really loved about my character, Wendell Quinn, you know, the principal, he is this, you know, he's widowed, his wife died um, four years earlier in a car accident. So he's trying to raise his four kids, and they're young, they're in school, and the oldest one is in high school. And, you know, he's just a good father and a good family man, but he is, he's hard to these kids in this inner city school, and they are in you know, such a gang violence, there's teen pregnancy on the rise, grades are low as can be, and depression is, and discouragement are, are both very high. So he, he takes a look, and he knows it's a mess, and... He reads his job description, which was to do everything in his power for the betterment of the students. And he knows there's only one thing that's going to change these kids and turn them around, and that's Jesus Christ, like, getting them the Word of God. That's the only thing. So he spends his whole summer, you know, kind of collecting bits and pieces and information from the Founding Fathers. He really wants to know. He really wants to go, what was their intent? What was the intent of the Constitution and the First Amendment? And he finds beautiful pieces of wisdom that he decides, I'm going to do this in faith, not in fear. And that is the difference. He comes into the situation very kind, completely, you know, and no one has to come, only if you want to after school, they call it raise the bar. This is what is so needed in our schools today to raise the bar for these students. And it's doing phenomenally well until a year later he gets sued. It's
1: it's amazing. You know, what I think is really amazing is how God, you know, places, these ideas, these concepts in your heart. And this one must have felt very heavy, like you had to get it out, right?
2: Absolutely. In fact, my husband is a high school teacher, and I remember the day that we took a walk, about a three-mile walk, and during that, you know, half-hour, hour hour that we were walking, we talked about this very thing. And that's when this book kind of was sort of conceived in my heart. And um, he said, you know, you you really need to show how this could, Make an impact in how somebody might stand by their faith and how it could it could save these kids and give someone else the courage to do that too. So you know, one of the things that the attorney Luke Baxter, so he's part of my Baxter family, one of the things that he has to face is there's not really a lot of precedent for a principal to do an after-school Bible study with his students. So what what are we going to do with that? And you know, it comes to him, it you know, it becomes a matter of faith as well that somebody has to set precedent. You know, especially when the First Amendment is a freedom of religion, not freedom from religion.
1: That, that I think, is one of the most amazing lines, the freedom of religion, not from religion. You know, it, it's like it's being presented in our country now that we're somehow victimizing people if we talk about religion. You know, any other religion is okay except Christianity. And that's the right. one that's villainized, completely villainized. And I, it's, I think it's tough because younger people, you know, people maybe 35 and under, really did not know the world that you and I grew up in. And it has True. radically, radically changed. The feeling, the, the, you know, it's completely turned upside down. I, I, I talk to clients frequently, I say, you know, the hallmark of an adult is someone that can tolerate negative feelings and is intolerant of bad behavior. And we have completely gone upside down. We're practically making it illegal to hurt someone's feelings. And we are. Right. Our society is becoming so weak in that way, and and this unbelievable. it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know this. The, the book that 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 um, you've written, I know is so timely. I know it was Holy Spirit inspired because, you know, many times people learn better through fiction. You, I mean, you know this. I don't need to tell you that. Mm. But I think it's important that people understand that. <clears throat> excuse me. Many times the literary arts, you know, movies, books really teach people much better than trying to educate them just intellectually.
2: It's really true and I always say it's like Jesus Jesus had m- many different ways of communicating obviously and we can see those in scripture but when he wanted to tell you something straight, he could just tell you something straight. When he wanted to make a point, he might turn over a table, but when he wanted to touch your heart, he told a story. And so there's no question that he's creator capital C. And he gives us different gifts, you know, to be able to create as well. Which is because we're made in his image. So, my my um, the pleasure that I get from writing a story that God has put on my heart is when I feel closest to Him.
1: That is that is true. That is amazing. That Jesus really one of the best ways He taught was through storytelling and and parables, because it really right. does touch people's hearts in a much deeper way. Because it, you know it yeah. bypasses the head and goes to the heart and the gut.
2: Right. I always say that it goes through the back door, you know, mm. through the heart where there's no walls up.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what's so powerful about media, is that we don't have defense for it. That's why I'm always saying to clients and to friends and family, be very, very careful what you read, listen to, watch, because you don't have the defense for it. You, you, you can defend against just intellectual information. But when it's yes. artistically yes. given, we, we don't it, it does go through the back door. It just gets in mm-hmm. before we even realized it was in.
2: Right. And one of my favorite things about the book is just the title and how the title <coughs> speaks to this generation in this moment. So Wendell Quinn, um, when he was growing up, he had a youth football coach who used to say, what good can you do right now, right here, in this moment? And so he had signed a football from those old days, Wendell Quinn and this man was very instrumental in in Wendell's life and now he has gone on to heaven but Wendell still has that football where he wrote on the football in Sharpie in this moment as a reminder to Wendell to always do whatever good he could do for the kingdom of God for the glory of God in this moment and uh, it's come to this for him
1: I, I, I love that 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 thank you for sharing how you came up with the title I think that's very fascinating very interesting so tell me, how, how long did this take you to write? How quickly did it come?
2: Well, you know, I, I always try to have a fully formed story in my heart and in my head before I write page one. And so I had that walk with my husband, and we really talked it over and um, talked about what kind of principal he would be. And, and just, it was really fascinating. My husband really spoke a lot into this. It was great because he's got 30 years in public education. Right. And then, you know, I spent some time a week or so at the laptop trying to flesh out these characters. So I really know who they are. You know, he, um, Wendell Quinn, his kids, his good friend, who's a teacher at school, Alicia, who has anxiety disorder. Yes. And <laughs> um, the Baxters, of course, which No, there's this favorite of mine. So I I flush it all out, and then the last thing I do when I really can see all the pieces I want to tell, then I outline and I put them in the order I want them to be. And when I love that, it's all you know prayerfully done. And when I love the outline, that's when I write page one. And so the whole process, you know, including editing, and it really takes, gosh, it takes you know months to be able to pull it all together, um, and actually get through the editing process. I'd say, you know. Four, four to six months
1: before it's like, okay, now I can move on to the next one. Right, exactly. Wow. I, I just think it's a fascinating process. I, I am, uh, you know, sitting, I've written books and I'm writing one right now. I don't, I don't enjoy writing, you know, uh, That it's it's a lot more arduous for me, I think, than people that love to be authors. I mean, I have such respect for people like you because I, I, I don't enjoy the process. <laughs> You just have an important message. I do, I it do. Out. <laughs> so I would rather speak it. And so, I mean, that's why I love radio and presenting because the the whole writing process, when you have that talent and that's your gift, it really, tr- I, I don't think people understand the whole writing process and what it does to you and how much it can take out of you and how, how you know, kind of complicated sometimes it can be. It's true.
2: It is true. And when you're really sitting down and you're trying to, There's like a little battle going on, Mm -hmm. and you have to just, I I find that I need to be in God's Word, and then in order to get an actually good writing day done, um, this is true for in this moment, but I need to be in God's Word, and then I need to be praying, and like kind of just give my hands and my heart over to the Lord, and then I can find that spot in my house where I have a chair just facing an open window, and I can let the words come. But it's like a, it's a crazy
1: battle Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. to get those words to come, even though I love it. It, it, is, it is a fight because any creative endeavor, you know, it, it's, it's like it's in you and trying to get it out of you is, is, the, mm-hmm. is the effort, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I just love that God is, has given you this idea. What's, what's the response that you're getting for this book?
2: It has been so great, you know, because there's, like there's gang violence in it. So there's a shooting in it. And, um, you know, just the, the sorts of issues that we are dealing with today for our, our young people, and the things that they're exposed to. They are real. People are really resonating with it. I think I'm I'm kind of surprised by how many young people are loving it. That um, you know, if you're listening today and you're young, a younger person, this is going to be a great read for you. And if not, then read it and give it to someone young in your life because they need to see that they have rights. I don't think people understand this. Uh, I was having lunch the other day with um, a young mom, and you know, she was telling me about her life and how things were going and whatnot. And then she got she she let her voice drop down real low. And she said, "I just think God's working in my life."
0: <laughs> okay,
2: so we're at a Starbucks there, and I said, "Well Lisa, why are you, why are you whispering?" And she said, well, I talk to God, I, can't, I don't think I can say God out loud in public."
1: Isn't <laughs> it, said, It's so sad?
2: Yeah, I, I said, "You actually are allowed to, and this country was founded on that, and my founding father, the, you know our early presidents, fully believed that this government that was created was only designed. For a, they call it religious, but I'll call it a, a society that has God at the center. Because without the morality that comes with the faith in Christ, without the, without the Christian morality, you, this system doesn't work. I mean, you need you need to have ninety nine percent of the people obeying the law and trying to follow it in order for it to work. So to pull away from teaching that in the public schools, you know we. We've, we're, we're at the end of this great experiment in the United States, started in the 1960s, where it was life without God. And that great experiment was a terrible experiment by great, I mean vast um, experiment that has failed. It has utterly failed. So we're reaping the results of it, and now this younger generation is asking questions that only God can answer.
1: I think that's very well said. And I, I know that I get very heavy laden when I see the oppression and the change in our country and the tone, the tone of our country is is so different. And, you know, you travel around the world. And when I was uh, traveling, I was in my probably late 20s. And I went, you know, to Amsterdam all the way down to Budapest. And I remember when I came back. To America it really felt like America was brighter like it it was lighter you could feel the difference and and Um, now when I come you know I go to Africa and I come back here it doesn't there it doesn't feel the same you know there's just this 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 tone this spiritual tone in our country that is very different than what you and I grew up with I agree it's it's quite it's quite sad I know that God is doing big things I do know Uh he always is and he loves this country and he loves his people but it is a very huge shift in the way that we're allowed to express our belief. And and I think this book is so helpful because I, I do want it to empower people to not cower, to not cower.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's what we're that's my prayer for people too is that as even educators if they read it that they would say, you know, I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed to Offer it as an option for students who are struggling, and they're so—I uh, mean—angry and suicidal and discouraged and medicated. I mean, they're a mess, mm-hmm. and they—they need—they need to know that there's a purpose in their life, that they were created by God for a purpose. I mean, otherwise, what is—they're just rudderless and um, and without direction. Of course, they're going to have—we're going to have situations that are—you know—we're going to have the situation we're
1: in today. Well, uh, this, this whole week on my show I'm doing um, on relationships, and so I was really glad that, that you were going to be on today because the, the entire book is so poignant with relationship and how people are relating to one another and the hope that it gave these students. And, and I think so that's, what, that's what we're missing is this, this whole piece of relationship. We don't know how to relate anymore to one another.
2: You know, and that is another thing that this Bible study, after school Bible study, gave these kids not only uh, a reality that they were created in God's image and that God has a calling on their life, not only that a man like Wendell Quinn cared enough about them to do this, but also it forced them to interact with each other and, um, and bring relationships in their own lives that were broken with their parents and siblings to the table to talk about these things. Because if you just live on your phone, you know, just texting and checking Instagram and that your, your life, your heart, your soul will be so underfed that you are not going to have the depth to even have a relationship. And this is why Wendell, there were many reasons why Wendell decided, I mean, it's worth it. I'm going to risk everything in this moment to uh, make a difference for these kids. It's why he felt so strongly about it That on a number of levels, and definitely one being their inability to have relationships.
1: And that, that I think, is one of the most powerful things about the book is... It shows how intergenerationally we can really relate and we have so much to offer and that young people really are craving adult relationships.
2: I mean, it's so true. They're definitely, you know, it's uh, like all things that have a, an element of spiritual battle to them. A lot of times a young person will put their hand up and push back. What they really, really are meaning to do is put their hand out and ask for you to come to them. And, right. and it's just it's just a subtle shift between holding your hand up like a stop sign and holding it out like please help me
1: yes exactly um, But
2: that's, that truly is what, the, what these young people want and you know as adults we need to walk into that in space as well not in fear we need to be confident that they do want people to speak into their lives they do want that um, wisdom that they don't have they look like and act like they have it all together and they can be real cool on their social media but they don't have it all together and they need our, our uh, wisdom they need to know what we have with our faith. Why do we have faith? Why does it matter to us? Or else, if we don't tell them really, as we've heard many pastors say, we're only one generation away from losing our Christianity and this culture altogether.
1: That's what is the most frightening thing. Uh, That, I think that people don't understand the seriousness of it and, and the importance of all of us as believers being willing to take a stand and not cower and not shrink back, but be really willing because we do know the truth. And that is what sets people free, and they are craving it.
2: Right. They really are. In fact, you know, I don't know, but anyone listening, they're welcome to go to my website, KarenKingsbury.com. And I'm going to be giving away between now and Christmas um, several copies of In This Moment autograph, so that they would have an opportunity to read it, pass it on to someone that they know and love. I mean, it's an emotional read. It's one of those stories I think you really, you know, you can't put down. You want to see how it's going to end. But there's so much to learn and so many ways to have your faith encouraged by uh, a book like In This Moment.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And I, and I do want you to tell the listeners again one more time how to get a hold of you and how to get a hold of the book. Because I think this would be really important for us to purchase it, pass it around, give it to people it
2: will make a great gift because it's a it's a standalone novel. It's in the Baxter family collection, but it's a standalone novel, so someone could start here and never have read anything about the Baxter's, and that was fine. Um, You can really get it anywhere books are sold right now and online. uh, You can get it at Barnes and Noble or Lifeway or Amazon, any of the places. Uh, But you can find all those links at my website, KarenKingsbury.com. Com, and you know sign up for my free newsletter. I'm getting. Uh, you know, an encouraging, very brief blog, but something for them to be encouraged by. At least once a week, I send that out. And, and giving away books once a week, at least, to the people who are, as I call them, my reader friends.
1: Right, right. Oh, that's awesome. You know, because the, the other thing about this book that is so powerful is, because you really do your research when you write books. And so the characters are deep. You know they're not they they're not shallow, and so I think that's why it's such an emotional read, is because it really is deep and it's well researched, and so it's valid and it's applicable on so many levels.
2: Well, thank you, and I you know like even even characters like there's a student, the student whose father files the big lawsuit against Wendell Quinn, and it becomes uh, a nationwide like everyone around the country is watching this case play out. That man, you know, I mean. He, um, is hurting a lot of people who are very anti-God and very trying to strip us of our right to have a Bible on our desk at work. A lot of these people are really hurting, and I think his story is one of the deepest, his storylines. I won't give it away, but, you know, he just goes through a transformation in, in ways that um, it just made me weep while I was writing it, because mm. so many people, if we would just sometimes we're afraid of them they're angry and they're being mean and whatnot but one-on-one if we have a chance to be able to help them to see why we believe what we believe and how much it would help them to have that faith and not to think that their life was pointless um you know you, you can actually see change in people
1: i think it's good I, I like the idea about that because you the the book gives us courage to to really walk out our faith and i'm so glad that you were on the show today we have maybe one minute so anything you want to give to the listeners in in, in passing as we end
2: I, I think I would just say what Wendell Quinn's uh, football coach told him back in the day in my fictitious world it's all very real <laughs> in my mind um, but just, you know where you are right now only you can make a difference in this moment so don't let the day go by let this be a day that you uh, share a smile with someone who needs it or Um, You know, help somebody in need get that phone call that you've been waiting on. Make this piece of day that you do something good in this moment and uh, pick up a copy of In This Moment um, because you're going to see a story that will touch your heart.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Karen, for being here today and thank you for your passion um, for our faith and I really appreciate the book. So listeners, make sure you take advantage of this. Karen Kingsbury, make sure you get the book. Pass it on to others. Have a great day, and we will finish our week tomorrow on relationships.
0: To hear today's program again, or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.